If you are, if you are, if you are, that's what Jesus hears over and over again as he hangs there. If you are the king of the Jews, come down and save yourself. If you are the chosen one, save yourself. If you are the Messiah, save yourself and us. And it's, if, it's as if his story has come full circle. As these words ring in his ears, almost the same exact words that rang in his ears at the beginning, after his baptism, when he went out into the desert. When Satan appeared to him and tempted him with almost the same words, if you are the son of God, turn these stones into bread to feed your hunger. If you are the son of God, leap from the temple and test the Lord. Bow down to me and rule all the kingdoms of the earth. If you are the son of God, show it. Do something for yourself. And so here at the end, just as at the beginning, the temptation is the same. To misuse his power. To abuse his divine authority by turning it to his own ends. They say power corrupts. And so often that is true. From the corridors of Washington to the trading floors of Wall Street to the casting rooms of Hollywood. So many of our headlines and the conflicts that are churning our society today are at their heart about the misuse of power by the powerful. And it has been that way through the ages, in throne rooms and locker rooms and boardrooms, and of course in the halls of churches and cathedrals too, because religious power is one of the easiest forms of power to turn to evil. And so against that backdrop, it's no wonder that conscientious people sometimes find it hard to talk about power, or to admit that they have power, or to admit that they are trying to get power. It can feel as if power is just a code word for domination or exploitation. But power isn't always a bad thing. Actually, power is a good thing. Power is the ability to get things done. It's the capacity to make something happen, to change the world in some way. And like everything else in God's good creation, power can be used for good or for evil. Every Sunday, we ascribe power to God when we say the kingdom and the power and the glory are yours or holy, holy, holy Lord God of power and might. And so if power is something that comes from God and can be good, the question is, what kind of power are we talking about? Power to create or power to destroy? Power to hurt or power to heal? Power to enslave or power to set free? Here at the cross, Jesus shows what Paul means when he writes that God's power is made perfect in weakness. Because here at the cross, Jesus shows his true power, not by destroying his enemies, 
but by praying for them and forgiving them. Here at the point of a Roman spear, under the heel of all the power of the empire, he shows a different kind of power. He welcomes a thief into paradise. In the words of Martin Luther King Jr., Jesus meets physical force with soul force, a spiritual power. He meets Caesar's power of violence with God's power of love. Now here in church on Sundays, we proclaim our faith by saying the Nicene Creed, an old and venerable form of words from the 300s. But 300 years before that, the earliest Christians were already finding words to proclaim their faith. And one of the very earliest creeds, the ways that first-generation Christians proclaimed what they believed was a simple phrase, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. And Lord was a title with a double meaning because Hebrews used it for God and Romans used it for Caesar. So to call Jesus that word, Lord, was to acknowledge him as holding not only the power of God, but also the rightful power of Caesar. That had implications. Early Christians refused to worship the emperor, and it sent some of them to a martyr's death, because for them, Jesus was Lord, and Caesar wasn't. And again, through the centuries, that has been the same. In the early 1800s, a young enslaved woman named Isabella met Jesus and took on a new name, Sojourner Truth. And her preaching galvanized the abolitionist movement because she knew that Jesus was master and a white man was not. In the 1940s in Nazi Germany, a Lutheran pastor named Dietrich Bonhoeffer helped found the underground confessing church and was executed for plotting against Hitler. For him and for other resistors, Jesus was the Fuhrer the leader, and Hitler wasn't. In 1977, the Archbishop of Uganda, Janani Luwum, spoke out against the dictator Idi Amin for the killings and disappearances that were taking place. And he was martyred, because for him, Jesus was president for life, and Idi Amin was not. And there are countless others, people who have followed in the way of Jesus exercising his power from the cross, and whose obedience to that power has led them to renounce the world's form of power. Sometimes these people have suffered for their faith. Sometimes they've died. But they have changed the world. They have exercised power. Because whatever you call their witness, it sure isn't weakness. It's a different power that goes beyond the power of coercion because it's grounded in the cross of Christ and in his resurrection.
When I lived in Atlanta, I became acquainted with a community called the Open Door Community, which at that time was an intentional community dedicated to serving people on the streets. And the line in their newsletter that stuck with me was, if Jesus Christ were the king of the universe, a toilet brush would be his scepter. And that line stuck with me because in fact, Jesus Christ is the king of the universe. And he shows us what real power is. It's the power to scrub a toilet so your neighbors can have a clean and dignified place to pee. It's the power to kneel down and wash the feet of your friends. It's the power to forgive from the cross. This is a great mystery that lies at the heart of the universe. That the one who is all power and authority has chosen to be counted once and for all on the side of those who have none. And that is power indeed.